All right, we are lit, good sir. I was trying to boo, but my mic was muted. Boo! Boo! <laughs> I'm back off the show. I know y'all miss me. Um, so, yeah, man. Welcome back to another episode of Cultivated Ignorance. I am Will, the host. Mike, my, my fill-in. Over there, doing his thing. The fill-in word. The fill-in, my G. Um, <laughs> the non-sick host over there. I know, right? Nah, man, I want to appreciate uh, Mike for holding it down while I was recovering. Hey, man, you know um, what I do. Shouts out to uh, the beautiful Miss Glamazon Tyoma. She did a dope interview. She did a very dope interview. She really carried Mike um, throughout the whole interview. <laughs> um, That's fine. Appreciate, appreciate her for that. Uh, but this week, this week, this week, we're going to be talking about Black is King, Black the uh, Beyonce visual album that they came out. Uh, of course, it came out on Disney Plus. You know, you got to make the white man a little chill. I was mad about that. <laughs> Would you, would you want to come on BET? I want to say to come on Netflix. That's what I'm already subscribed to. Oh, okay. You're doing the most. You doing? We got time for this extra eight dollars. <laughs> um, we're also gonna be talking about these positive vibe, the positive vibe only culture that we kind of exist in nowadays, especially on social media. Um, we're gonna be talking about if it's really effective, if it's really helpful to people, or does it just kind of leave other people in the dark and <laughs> staying in the dark? <laughs> Right. Um, so yeah, man. But uh, Mike, you ain't got no church announcements this week, do you? No, nah, man. You can just shout out the Patreon if you want to. If you're if you're well enough to, if you have built up enough strength to to do it. You know what? Matter of fact, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna let you rock on that. Um, I'm gonna let you rock on the Patreon, and then I'm a, and then I'm gonna come back with all the points throughout the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, um, just let you know, I just choked on the damn tortilla chip right before the damn show. So if I started talking <laughs> shit, it's not my fault. Uh, yeah, man, we got the Patreon popping as usual. Um, shout out to my boy, Jonathan. Um, last week, he became a patron for only $5. Okay. What's up? Okay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He was so inspired by the sex talk and the intimacy talk and everything like that. that he was like, you know what? Y'all deserve a little five, $5 in your pocket just to help y'all out. My and God. it does really much... Help us out, y'all. Help us cover some expenses. Yeah, help us pay our boy Thad, who's in the background right now, control of the control of the wheel. Y'all can't <laughs> see him, but he's dope. But yeah, man, if y'all want to help us out for as little as five dollars, we do have exclusive content over there. We currently have the insecure um, reviews over there. Um, I think we might put the "I May Destroy You" review on there because I really want to. I really want to review that show. That well, show is. Well, I'm gonna have to watch it then, huh? <laughs> Bro, you ain't been watching it. No, I have not been watching it. Bro, you, I think every man, I mean, everybody, period, but every man should definitely be watching the show. Like, it's just, it touches on so many great areas of sexual assault. Like, it's really mind-blowing. Um, but, yeah, for those $5, or if you need a little promotion in your life, you need us to spread the word around, we do get, like, across multiple platforms, a good, a good bit of streams, to be honest with you. Both here, of course, but also on Spotify, Google Play, um, iTunes. All these things. If you need to get your, your word out on your event or anything you got going on in your business, um, you can pay a little bit extra just to get a little promotion. I think this it starts at like fifteen, twenty-five dollars or so. It ain't nothing. And uh, or if you just want to show love, like I said, just drop a little little dollar in there. Whatever you want to do. Just to show that you appreciate us, all this hard work we've been putting in for y'all. Just to show how much you love me personally and how much you <laughs> how much you kinda just deal with Will being around. Um you want to do that. <laughs> That's fine, but um, yeah, man, that's what we got popping. Um, I'm excited for the show because you know Beyonce was gonna shake the world up with this shit right here. Yeah. Um, you got a chance to watch it? For I, watch it. I watched about an hour of it. You watch? You ain't watch the whole thing? I, man, I fell asleep, man. 
Oh, Dragon's ass, Beehive. I don't know if we got Beehive members in this. <laughs> I fell asleep, man. I was watching it last night. And... I fell asleep. You know, I'm not even going to be mad completely because I got a little sleepy like an hour <laughs> in. <laughs> I, got a, I just got a little dry an hour in. I'm not going to lie to you. Bro, um, it, like, it's pretty good. Like, from a, just a music standpoint. So good, good. Just fell asleep. <laughs> I mean, hey, man. Falling asleep on many a classic album before. And this ain't exactly classic, but. Oh no, I will not. I'm not reaching yeah. out the window like that. Um, so those that don't know, we talking about Black is King by Beyonce. It's her directorial debut. Um, it's a movie she just put out on Disney Plus. Um, visual album, sir. Visual. Listen, like, what's what's your general thoughts on the? Because <laughs> I got thoughts. What's your general thoughts on the movie? I mean, it was cool. Like, I didn't mind it. I'm not gonna lie. So. Even before the, I stopped paying attention to the visuals. Like some of the visuals are cool. I was mostly just rocking to the music. <laughs> like if there was a whole bunch of symbol, symbolism in there, and a whole bunch of other stuff, I I probably didn't catch it. <laughs> you know. But I mean, it was cool though, for the most part. I was hoping so bad that we would have different opinions on this shit. You sound exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, like <laughs> I rock with the music heavy. Like, <laughs> listen. The music was popping, the costume design was popping, uh, the you know the shots and everything. Um, yeah. Some of the shots were kind of predictable. Like <laughs> she had so many shots, of people just like black people just set up already. And yeah. they can't really just... <laughs> Bro, I mean, you know the one shot I was I was laughing about was the Jay Z joint. Like, of course, this nigga had to come in over the top. Like, of course, of course, nigga just his sleep. legs kicked up in the back seat. Yeah, I don't even know what that part was. Some shit I can't afford, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah, man, like all this, all the part where like she was basically the parts where she was talking, <laughs> not paying much attention. <laughs> and, I was, and I was actually a little aggravated. Maybe not just at the, maybe not just at uh, the visual album itself. Mm. But they used like a bunch of stuff from the Lion King, the new one. Yeah. <laughs> like, you couldn't use some old Lion King stuff. Like, that movie is so bad in the first place. Well, my thing is, like, <clears throat> what did it have to do? And Michelle's in the chat. She's going she gonna, to um, agree with this. Kakao, Michelle. What the <laughs> hell? Why was there Lion King quotes in the damn movie in the first place? Like, because that's the closest thing that black people can connect to Africa. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, well, these niggas know Lion King, so. <laughs> what? Like me and Michelle were like, what in the Lion King? Bro, that has to be their logic. Like, okay, so we put a whole bunch of black people in the movie Lion King. So black people readily identify with the characters in the story. So let's just co cut, copy, and paste this over to the Beyonce joint. <laughs> we can save some money on the voice acting. And we good. The Lion King one, one and a half part two, the remix. <laughs> What I thought it was was like, because you know it was all this black hype over Beyonce playing um Nala in the um in the live act well quote unquote live action version of Lion King. It was bad. The whole well, thing was, was super trash. Yeah, let's just get that out of the way real quick. Um, I don't know if they did it make up with that. If you ever watched the remake of Lion King, it's basically like a group of like super talented designers were like, "Yo, tell us a storyline of Lion King," and like a three year old was like, "Well, this is Bunny Simba, and he he died, <laughs> his dad dies, but then he becomes back and becomes king." And everybody's happy. They're like, all right, cool, gotcha, appreciate it. Like, get out. And then like they go and like literally try to copy and paste the Lion Dream story onto super pretty looking animals and Bro, like, super dry. The animals weren't even pretty. Especially them lions. They look raggedy. Oh, they they look dingy as fuck. Like <laughs> they look dingy as shit. I don't know if that's how lions actually look, but I was mad at how they looked in the movie. Scar looked straight up like a fucking bum. Like <laughs> Scarlet nasty. Scarlet, like he just smelled bad. But like, so yeah, like throughout the movie, it's just like these random Lion King quotes and stuff was just happening. And I thought, I mean, of course, the movie's like dedicated to her son. But like, I thought there was gonna be like a, I guess, a storyline of the little boy, like we kept going from baby to growing no, up. Man. He becomes like, well, he turns like eight or so. Mm -hmm. But then he goes back to being a baby. Then he goes back to being eight, like. <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't ask me what the storyline is. Why don't you, man? If man, if your third eye was open, you wouldn't be worrying about all this. You I mean, would understand it already. 
Neither one of your eyes was open because you were sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't lying, boy. About 57 minutes in, boy, my eyes shut it down. <laughs> this shit was so bad. But uh, it wasn't even bad. Like, I was, I was just talking about that. Like, my, I feel like it's literally a rich black capitalist version of we black and we lit as fuck. And, like, <laughs> I got the money to just send to just send for a bunch of like African designers or just people to find a bunch of African shit that I could just throw on my movie and dance around and look good. And that's what it's going to be. And I'm going to call it a movie. And I'm going to get paid for it. And I'm going to get paid stupid money for it. But that being said, like the music, like it's, this is the second time I've been pleasantly surprised by Beyonce's music. Like I'm not a Beyonce fan. Yeah. I don't, we don't, neither one of us really rock with Beyonce like that. Um, it's just, speak, speak for yourself. I'm part of the hive, okay? Okay. What name, name all three, name all her albums. All right. The first one, Dangerously in Love. The second one, um, <laughs> it's you with Halo on it, I think. Stop I looking know. for Jesus to give you the answers. <laughs> <laughs> Halo. Uh, the album Four. The name of it is Four. Hold on. Dangerously in Love is not a. Oh wait, okay, that's okay. That is the first, the first album. All right, what else? She got six of them things over here. So, what, all right, she got six of them. Yeah, that's that's the only hint you gonna get. All right, Dangerously in Love. That's one. Mm-hmm. Lemonade. That's one of them. Uh huh. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got uh, we we got I am Sasha Fierce. You better not be looking at shit on your computer. I'll, I'm not. I'm looking dead yeah. at you. I am. Okay, okay. The album four. Album four. I'm assuming there's a self-titled Beyonce album. You gonna assume or you know? I'm assuming there's a self-titled Beyonce. Album. That's a fucking guess. Go ahead. Is is it right? Yes, bitch. Six <laughs> one. Um. What is the last one? Hold on, hold on. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a hive member. <laughs> um, it's the okay. So is it? It's the one where I am Sasha Fierce. You, you already said Sasha Fierce. Nope. Let's go. What's it? Number six. <laughs> it's the other side of the disc. Ain't no other side of the disc. That's one disc. It's two discs. It's a double disc album. I am in Sasha Fierce's the the double disc shit. You already said that. Oh shit. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> it's another one. <laughs> you go. You gonna kill yourself when you, you realize what it is too. It's a second album. It's the second album with Sean Paul on it? I don't... You're talking to the one that doesn't... I think Sean Paul's on this shit somewhere, I'm sure. It's 2006, so he probably is. Good Lord, 2006. I give up. I'm not even trying. It's B-Day, man. Oh, okay. Well... (laughs) You was kind of close, though. I was was pretty close. I did better than I thought I would. (laughs) Far far and away better than I would have. Um, So, yeah, man. I mean, y'all tell us what y'all thought in in the... Chat like it was, it was just a dope time. It was good, but like I said, like Will said, like I started getting a little tired around like an hour in. I was, this shit should have been an hour, maybe at the most. It should have been like, I think a good forty-five minutes would have been perfect. To be honest with you, yeah, a good forty-five minute little. Yeah, all that Beyonce talk, all them, all them Lion King <laughs> excerpts, bro. These random ass <laughs> Lion King excerpts. There's a part where the the villagers getting swallowed by dust or whatever, so she has to send the baby down the river. Oh, the beginning. It was, I can't remember which part. Well, the baby got sent down the river at the beginning, and then there was a dust part somewhere around like 40 minutes or something. Like that. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what happened. That, and then the baby runs into the, the evil snake guy. And I remember the snake dude. But where's your father? Where's your mother? <laughs> but he doesn't really do anything to the kid. I guess it's the part where there's supposed to be Scar in there because they actually play the song Scar, which is very dope. Um, <laughs> and. I guess it's dope. The song Scar is very dope. Um, yeah, look it up. Marcus, what's happening, brother? Forever is my jam. That's my... <clears throat> Which one? The the hook on, on Move Forever. Just the yeah, hook. yeah, that was dope. Just the hook. Um, I'm not paying attention to the words. <laughs> Find Your Way Home was very dope. Um, oh, yeah, what was the song with Kendrick? Was that Find Your... That was Find Your Way Home, wasn't it? Oh, Okay. I think it was. No the, joint with, the joint with Pharrell, I like. No, Pharrell. I didn't know, realize that was Pharrell until they finally zoomed in on him. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Him. What do you think? Um, Because she didn't, it was like, I wonder why she didn't get Kendrick for the video. 
I don't know. Maybe he's like, nah, I'm not with that shit. Like, <laughs> well, you know, yeah, Kendrick in his little obscurity obscurity mode right now. Like, yeah. where he just does his thing where he disappears for like almost a year and he comes back and bought, drops a, a record that he's going to diss everybody on and shit. <laughs> and um, Michelle was like, I was like, what in the Prince of Egypt is this? <laughs> is this how good we get here? <laughs> like, how well, do we get here? Get. Like, what? I mean, what's the problem? <clears throat> it's just I don't well apparently no name said there's a lot of problems. <laughs> um, she said there's mad problems. Um so I don't know if y'all saw of course mm-hmm. no name who we already knew because as soon as the little trailer started, um she was already talking her shit. So you already knew it was gonna be an issue. But um <laughs> she got on Twitter and um she had a quote. What was the quote? Let me find it real quick. Um she said We love an African aesthetic draped in capitalism. Hope we remember the black folks on the continent whose daily lives are impacted by U.S. imperialism. If we can uplift the energy, uplift the imagery, I hope we can uplift those who can never um, access it. Black liberation is a global struggle. So she was just basically just saying like, we like dancing, as, like dressing in African clothing and garb and doing all these flashy things, but like, are we actually thinking about the people of Africa who past and present um, can't really access these type of things as well as the com- I think also like the average person who will never attain the wealth of Beyonce and Jay-Z um, yeah what do you think about her coming up I mean okay so I don't I, I'm, I'm gonna say this by I'm gonna start this by saying I don't follow no name like that like oh yeah I do but it kind of sucks like when the majority of what you hear about a person is generally a negative right. or a criticism of somebody else Right. You know, it's kind of that like Amanda Seals fake, like it kind of starts to fall on deaf ears. And it's unfortunate because that's the that's the only news that's really getting out like about her. You know what I mean? If you're not following her. Well, as someone who does follow no name, I will say that's kind of she's definitely taking on the whole like because you know she's not really doing music like that, except for making J. Cole diss songs, apparently. <laughs> she's definitely taking on the whole like black liberation thing like full time at this point mm-hmm. um isham said where's the lie though just remove beyonce from the equation from what equation are you saying just like this could be anybody just just doing the same thing um yeah, yeah, I, like, but, we, yeah like would we have a problem with it if it wasn't beyond if it was some joe blow off the streets and it blew up like would we have the same issue i would definitely wouldn't be the same issue to this this height this height but like I think people would definitely, so it comes back to the question of like everybody still, a lot of people still believing that black liberation will never be achieved through capitalism. Mm -hmm. And so it comes back to like, do you believe that's a true thing or not? Like, do you think, is Beyonce, is the amount of opportunities um, Beyonce has awarded people in this video? Cause she's like, like I said, there's so many people in this doggone movie. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what the payroll is like. Is the opportunity she, you know, she paid these people as well as the opportunity they can get going forward, like putting this on their resume. Is that a form of black liberation? I mean, it should be considered. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I how mean, could you how could you not consider it? I mean, it might not be the liberation that you or no name or whoever wants. It might not be y'all's vision of it. But empowering people, putting pe- money in people's pockets, giving people opportunities, you know, mm-hmm. that that is black liberation you know, in itself. I think it's important to remember that I was just talking about this with some people, some artists the other day, like this whole liberation thing, this whole fight for liberation has to be taking a different stances. Like, I don't think we're all supposed to agree on what it looks like. I think we got to come at it from different angles. Um, This fellow artist named Terrence Henderson said a really good quote. He said, "Um, we got to come at it from different angles because it's coming at us from different angles. So like, we can't have one like we, first of all, we black people ain't gonna have a collective thought on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's dope that it is dope when we have different communities who have different forms of liberation who pursue that. And as long as we maintain that respect for each other, I think that's key. I don't, I didn't see like don't really like not respecting Beyonce. I think well, I just, yeah, either. at least from the couple of tweets I read. Yeah, I think she's just saying like this ain't it in her opinion. But like, I mean, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I guess if you 
if you if no name has an end goal, then obviously that's not it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you're only empowering a few on you know the the grander scale. You know, while it is something, it's not enough, I guess, in her eyes. Right. Um. But I I think we should still take it as being something. You know, and I think the majority of what No Name was trying to say was basically like, you know, this isn't necessarily the true depiction of what Africa is, or, you know, this isn't how we should necessarily uh, romanticize it or whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. Because it is really people struggling out there. It was really people struggling back in the day, you know, during uh, pre-colonial Africa, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's what people were saying. So that article, there's an article called, um, it says, why we should be careful watching Beyonce's film. Mm-hmm. People were saying that it's dangerous to put out this misconception of what pre-colonial Africa looks like, like you just said. I didn't know that was what Beyonce was trying to do though. Like in my view, I think she was trying to just present like her ideal uh, interpretation of where her bloodline lies Mm-hmm. In terms of like what she sees herself and what, what her ancestors may have looked like, like I don't think she was trying to say like this is what Africa looked like before, you know, before the well, white. I think, I think it's hard because no, there is no real visual of what Africa, you know, like we don't have anything tangible to go back to, like the Renaissance or you know buildings uh, that you can see in Greece and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? So it has to be romanticized in some kind of way. And I think when you do that, and what the article basically said was you forget about all the other people, you know, that didn't have access to those things. But I don't see how you, I understand why Beyonce did it like, I I feel like I understand why Beyonce did it like she did it. Mm -hmm. I don't think you necessarily have to always show each side of, what it was or what it used to be, you know what I mean? I think it's okay to just show the romanticized, I guess, polished uh, royalty version of what you're trying to depict. What it almost makes you question is like, do are they implying that we should only show that like, that ugly side, you know what I'm saying? That struggling side of Africa, like- as- I don't know what people want nowadays. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like- <laughs> Cause like, I know as a creative, like I'm done, I'm done talking about the struggle. Like we can talk about issues and how to fix them. I'm mm. with that shit all day. But as far as just like, here go another like exhibition or poem about the struggle. Like I'm good on that shit at this point, man. Like I read that article. Um, I read the same article and it said a lot of people were in, other Africans were enslaved, uh, a lot of people didn't have access to royalty and wealth and all these other different resources. Right. But it's like, if you want us to be, if we're supposed to be trying to connect with who we are and build a better future for ourselves, should we really be focusing on that? Hey, maybe I was a slave. That's maybe, I, maybe I'm meant to be led by somebody who doesn't want to pay me. <laughs> what? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, cause that's what I love about Afrofuturism is like, you can take, those artifacts from the past and apply it to a future that is far and away better than what we had before. And like, I guess, I guess, let me ask you this. How, if we started to do that, if we started to show the, the both sides of the coin, how would that help us build a better future versus like us showing Africa or depicting Africa as royalty? Um, you know, the, 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 the current way we envision pre-colonial Africa now. I don't think you can build a better future unless you see a better future. Like, unless you envision it, like, unless you know it to be true, like, and and this applies to everything. Like, there's so many things that we didn't think was possible until we did them. Like, somebody had to come with capitalism, you know what I'm saying? Someone during feudalism was like, yo, I got another system. And the people around that time thought that was impossible too, but it became a whole way of life at this point. Mm -hmm. I think the same thing, same thing with slavery. Literally, people could not envision a world without slaves. Like, that was not a thing until it became a thing. Yeah. It's like, how can you even envision that future if you only stay stuck in the past? Which is, I think, me and you talk about this all the time. Like, 
how it's so easy to stay stuck in the mindset of like oppressing Olympics. Like we just gonna be stuck. We just gonna be broke. We just gonna be <laughs> we just gonna be black and broke, and that's gonna be it. And it's gonna be our niche. Like so, like why wouldn't we at this point, especially at this point, why wouldn't we focus on more positive, amazing stories that just jump out the window as far as our full liberation, happiness, sustainability. Flourishing. Well, you know what I'm saying? Virtues. If you don't believe in capitalism, like just sustainability in general, like how would you even get there? Yeah. You know I, don't know, I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not one of these angry people out here. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I do have one last question. One last question on this. Um, I'm going to try to look at these comments because I'll hit go down with something. Here we go. Um, so a lot of people defending Beyonce were just like, um, it's just entertainment. Like it's just been, Beyonce is an entertainer at the end of the day. Like why are y'all putting her in charge of the black liberation army and stuff like that? Um, it's just purely entertainment. Like you should just take it and leave it and go about your life. But my question is like, if you attain the status that you, you know, of Beyonce or even somebody like Drake or even somebody like Future to where you influence such a mass amount of people with your art, are you allowed to just make art for the sake of entertainment anymore? Because you're influencing people. Like, I think about this in terms of like Charles Barkley, you know, his infamous quote, like, I'm not a role model, don't follow, you know, don't follow my lead or whatever. Mm-hmm. If LeBron James decided like, I'm gonna start getting on IG Live and like smoke blunts and shit and have strippers <laughs> like, <laughs> have strippers in my face and shit, shoot on my wife, like not give a shit fuck about my kids and stuff. If he started to just started doing that, <laughs> He just said the, the most un-LeBron James thing of all time. <laughs> he just decided to take the complete future route. <laughs> Even knowing like the countless black boys that look at him play basketball every night. Yeah. Like, would he be responsible for how he influences those boys? Or he's is he allowed to just do that because he's an entertainer? You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. I I fully believe in the uh the thing that like I, I am not supposed to be your role model. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to look to me for being your role model. But you you have a gigantic impact on the people that absorb whatever you're putting out there. That's what I'm saying. Um so in short, you have the right, just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> like like future. I love the music, but come on, bro. And like Star talks about when she stayed in Atlanta and how like Future's influence in Atlanta is just ridiculous. As you, I'm sure you could imagine. But like and at the same time, like and at the same time, like I, I this is gonna be cliche, but like if you're younger, which means you are more easily influenced, you probably don't be need to listen to Future in the first place. You know what I mean? But, I mean, you can't just tell it to, like, a kid because the kid don't know, you know. They I, like, I get that, but I'm just saying, like, cliche, your parents need to keep you in check. They do. No, that's, that's, for that's, sure. that's the cliche part about it. Like, that's the, you know, that's the easy answer. But, like, if you grow, man, and you letting really future, the the preachings of future dictate how you treat women, but like, come on, bro, you just a simp, like. But the opposite of saying you're a dirtbag. Um, but the, the thing is, like, his music is so heavily pushed through the, the, every avenue, like, shoves down good. the throat. It'd be, it be good. It sounds good. And what I'm saying, but that was, it sounds good, but it's like, it's almost programmed into our culture. Like, you can watch movie commercials and hear a future song. You know what I'm saying? Like, so this stuff starts to get ingrained within your brain. Like, how much of that is actually your fault? Like, when you start to hear something long enough, I think I, I think if you hear something and then you notice that it's toxic, and you continue to listen, then it's on you at that point. Especially <laughs> if you're an adult, it's like oh, I don't know it's toxic though. A lot of people just this be the way they've been living. So it's like oh, I just fucked your bitches some Gucci flip flops. Okay, yeah, people. You, I like they 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 ain't dudes out here who straight up will make excuses for being a dirtbag. Like, bro, would you? I mean, would you rather cry in a Nissan or <laughs> or a Wraith or whatever he said? 
That's the most dirtbag line I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that's what they were, that's what they were, 21 Savage is on um, plan B line. I don't know which one is worse. Bro, that, yeah. I don't know which one is worse. Bro, it's like, and, <laughs> bro, I felt so bad when I first heard that line because I was like, well, I mean, he is right. Like, I mean, if you're going to cry, you might as well. <laughs> I felt so terrible. I was like, nigga, did you really just make logic out of that? Bruh, between Future, Brent Fayette, you know, Brent Fayette is one of my favorites, but if you listen to Brent Fayette's lines, <laughs> that nigga ain't shit. Um, <laughs> we know how Drake gets down. Brent, Brent is, Brent, Brent, Brent might be worse than Future. <laughs> Brent, is, he might be, because he started off like all innocent sounding and stuff. He started off with like Sonder making these little like, Pathetic, like sounds like, oh, she hurt me. Oh, bro, this thing uh, is terrible. I had trust issues, and then he's getting to <laughs> fuck the world. Oh my god, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Yeah, y'all tell us what y'all think, man. I'm, I'm trying to get these comments, but we got a limited show today. Um, but yeah, I just want to know how, how people think. Can you just be an entertainer once you reach that status? Can you just purely make art? What I fight think, with man? it all the time, huh? What you, what'd you say you think? I fight with it all the time because I think that you do carry a certain responsibility when you see your influence is so massive. Like, I can't sit here. It's like what we like what we say about Trump. Like, because I know one of the biggest defenses of Trump is that, you know, he just says stuff and you can't be emotional about it. Like, him being offensive. But it's like this man has, he's the president of the United States. Like he has the cre- incredible influence to make people think a certain way. And he's not, and he's not an entertainer. Like he's a public figure. Like he's a, I mean, he's not supposed to be an entertainer anymore. Right. <laughs> right. You know, like, you know, like he had, he has a responsibility to the public. That's what I'm saying. Um, I think, I think especially if you are an entertainer and it's based off of like something negative like a future or anybody who like doesn't you know like necessarily have a great image in itself and that's always been their thing I, I, I think it's I would say it's you have less responsibility to the public because because then that means the wrong people are receiving what you're putting out in the first place I don't know if I can just give people a pass like that though man like that just, I, mean, I, mean, like, I, mean, I mean, like, are we all going to turn in Chance the Rapper? Are you want people no, to no, no, no. clean it up? That's not what I mean. I mean, so take somebody like Drake, who has never in his professional career spoken on, like, Black Lives Matter stuff, nothing like that. We just don't expect that from him at this point. Mm-hmm. But he does, like, have some grossly misogynistic lyrics, you know, in a lot of his songs, right? And, like... And he's one of the rappers that kind of perpetuate this whole thing of like treating women like property, um, not really giving a fuck about their feelings like that. Stuff like that. How much responsibility does he have when like other men and even women listen to that and resonate with that because they were already in, you know, toxic situations and move forward with that same mindset? Like how much responsibility does he have to change his lyrics as he progresses as a human being? How much of rap in general promotes women promotes uh, <clears throat> or, you know, denounces misogyny in the lyrics and stuff like that. Far like, it's not a great genre for equality. No. So, I guess uh, um, I'm more so take it as like, that's just part of the profession. You know, like if you if you listen to rap music, you got to understand that you know, it's not going to be great towards women. You know what I mean? See, I... But see, hip hop didn't start out that way, though, man. Like, it's not. It'd be one thing if hip hop. Well, I get it. I, I'm just saying that's where we at now. So that, but that's what I'm saying. Is that a valid excuse for it to stay that way? I'm not like, saying it's a valid excuse for stay that way. But I'm saying if you listen to rap, then you got to understand that you're not going to hear great lyrics about women, or you're going to hear a lot of lyrics about drugs, drug abuse, and all this other stuff. So you're saying we shouldn't be challenging that? We should just accept that? No, I'm saying you should challenge yourself to not listen. Like you should like it's got to be some personal responsibility in there, right? Like it, like yeah, if you don't like the message that's being put out there, then no, you, you should definitely monitor your own situation. 
but you're saying like we shouldn't focus our energy also on challenging the genre itself to do better? No, of course. We do that now. We do that now. But I'm just saying, like if you if you're talking about people and their personal responsibility to the the public, mm-hmm. you know, rap as a genre, these these individuals, these rappers, they're not gonna have the greatest uh message in general. Yeah, so when they don't have that good message, should we continue to call them out? Yeah, if it bothers you, yeah. Okay. Which I think was people. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm speaking to. Like, is people saying that you shouldn't even be calling that out because they're just entertaining. They're just here to entertain you. No, oh, no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> who who messed up the show? Get out of here, Mackenzie. <laughs> um, it's a good. It's a good conversation to have. Um. Dom said, if we want hip hop to change, we have to stop listening to songs that are promoting bad things. Capitalism is the solution. I don't think capitalism is the primary solution to that. <laughs> it's a lot deeper than capitalism. Dom is just going to be the spokesman for capitalism in the chat for now. <laughs> Henceforth. Hey, you know, I, I, I believe in capitalism to a certain extent too, but it's just so funny. <laughs> when he says it. Right, because views yeah, are so right. It's so right, like right. <laughs> All right, man. We're gonna move on. Um, you have a really good topic that you wanted to. Know. Oh yeah, man. So, <clears throat> and I ain't gonna lie, I stole this from somebody else. Oh, I'll see. <laughs> but uh, somebody brought up the point, like in this positive vibes only culture, you know, like what are the outlets for people? What are the outlets for people who struggle with like really dark thoughts? especially on social media, um, you know, you see everybody posting on the gram and for the, for the most part is happy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Out taking trips, you know, doing this, that with their family, everything seems like all good all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That good, those good vibes out to the public. But like, how does that, how does that, where does that leave people who are struggling with dark thoughts? Like, can you put that stuff on the gram? Can you, you know, I think um, I feel like me and you talked about this before. Um, me and Star definitely talk about this all the time. We definitely have like a surface level conversation of mental health continuously going right now, which is growth because it used to be like you just didn't talk about it at all. Mm-hmm. Like people are definitely bringing to light like their childhood traumas, issues with not being able to talk to their family like that, um, issues with anxiety depression, all those good things. Michelle Obama just came out and said she has like a low grade level of depression going on. I don't know if you saw that or not. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, so I think that's definitely growth in the right direction. But as far as like the real shit, man, as far as, I'll tell you something that people don't really talk about deeply enough. Dating somebody dealing with mental illness or depression like the real, real kind. Like not just like going through some things, they're in a bad spot, but they bounce back. Like that kind that like lashes out at you for no reason. That kind that tries to trap you in their insecurities, tries to close you off from everybody else that thinks you're gonna like run away from them, that they're gonna scare you away. That kind that beats you like physically or emotionally. I think it's very few spaces to where the kind that makes you like break up with somebody because you know you can't if you continue to stay in there, you're going to be in that same spot. Like, I don't know how many spaces we have to talk about that. I don't know, man, but we need them. Like, I, I, I would say like friend circles, you know, but then you don't want like people to be like overly concerned and judging you and all this other stuff. Cause like, even when you're talking to your friends, like you don't want to like kill the vibe, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, you're around friends, it's like good vibes. We hanging out this that, and third, you know, you know, like I guess that begs the question like, do we, how many people do, do we have that we really connect with, or do we have a lot of surface level friends and not deep connections with people as well? I actually had did like a little, you know, I did a little question on my um, timeline and I asked people, do you feel like you can fully share your darkest thoughts? like suicide, self-hate, stuff like that, with your inner circles. And about like 40-something people answered. And I was able to see like majority of people say yes, that they can, they do feel like they can do that. But about like half of the people 
either said like straight up no or like only some and really yeah like straight up just no somebody has said um no nah, because they used that against you later on damn <laughs> you know what i'm saying um a lot of people say they just straight up don't have inner circles like that at all um the answer that stuck out to me most um speaking of what you were talking about earlier is a good friend of mine we actually had writing workshops together she said she can't, she doesn't tell people her suicidal thoughts because like, they'll commit her. Like she's afraid she'll get committed and like she can't even vocalize it even <clears> though she don't plan on doing it. Like she can't even just, she doesn't feel like she can't even say it. And that's so wild because a friend of mine just did that like earlier this last week had just said like, I have suicidal thoughts right now. I feel like ending it. I'm not going to do it, but I really feel like doing it like for real. And she said like, she feel like she can't even do that because they have to, since you're hospital, and also, what were you about to say? So, like, I guess me, person who doesn't understand depression a lot. Yeah. Like, how, I guess, how are you supposed to treat that? Like, I'm not going to do it, but I want to do it. Like. So, my friend says, she says I'm really good. She said, when she starts getting into that, or if she even, like, alludes to it by saying, like, she has some kind of self-image issue or, like, you know, insecurity. The mm-hmm. first thing people want to do is like shower you with compliments. Like, oh no, girl, no, you 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 perfect. No, you're beautiful, you're gorgeous. No, I love you. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Like, not only does it make it worse, but it's just like not necessary. Like sometimes you can just listen. And I think that's where the culture comes from. Like, we don't feel like we can just listen to somebody. You feel like you have to react to whatever they're saying? Yeah, you feel like you have to do something about it, right? Like if mm-hmm. I came to you and said, like, oh, man, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about doing it. Which do <laughs> What? Like, but if I don't try and do something, I feel like I'm a part of the problem. Well, like, so that's a good question. Like, if I tell you, like, I think about ending it and, and to be completely candid, I think about, like, suicide quite often. Like, I think about death all the time. Since a kid, I've been thinking about death all my life because it's just, like, it's just not only is it fascinating to me, but I do think about, like, what it's like on the other side of things. But, like, if I come to you and say, like, you know, I thought about suicide the other day. I'm not going to do it, but like, I'm thinking about it. Like, like I feel <laughs> like I got to do something. Like, <laughs> that's it's a hard position. I think that's what the positive violence culture kind of stems in. Like, is that because people feel like they're helpless, people that feel like they have to be able to do something or complement the, the worries into the obscurity. So it's like if we just drown it in good in good things, like it'll die. <laughs> like, <laughs> so like if so like if all I do is listen, and then the next day you kill yourself, I gotta live with that the rest of my life. Like, damn, I should have said something. I think you. I mean, it depends on the you know the severity of the situation. I think you should definitely tell somebody. But I'm a firm believer that if somebody's gonna do it, they're gonna do it. Like. A good, you know, one of my best friends and a good friend of yours too, um, Crocker. I've been, you know, talking about stuff like that for a minute, and yeah. you know, he killed himself on my birthday weekend. So it's that like was, that was tough to hear, bro. Bro, that was it was. That's what I'm saying. But it's like Derek had literally just talked to him. I'm talking like everybody knows who our friends are, but Derek <laughs> had just talked to him like for hours that that same weekend, and he had just came down and saw us that same weekend, and. That was Derek's guy right there, bro. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, let me see. Dom said, too much positive information is, smooth, is smothering and not helpful. Sometimes when you feel bad, it's because you did something worthy of that emotion. That should be confronted if we want healing. Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I don't. I, yeah, I don't completely disagree with that. I think oftentimes um, <clears throat> it's not necessarily something we did bad, but we just have a negative image of something in our life or you can't seem to get over some, you know, sort of hump. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's always a cause and effect kind of thing. It's just sometimes you're not right. Right. Balance or something like that. That's why I'm so deep in this. Like, I know you say we want to lay off the, like the whole radical black shit, but like, that's why I'm so deep into it because it's so much, so many societal structures policies cultures in place that's making people feel this way they don't even realize it and like if we don't change the system or completely destroy it and build something new like it's only gonna get worse for the next generation so it's like 
people are walking around depressed and upset and not knowing why. And then, and then society tells them that they just, they just didn't try hard enough that all oh, you let the opportunity pass you by or it's not your turn yet. But you like think, a lot of this, you think that's what you think people are still preaching it? Like absolutely. whenever, <clears throat> whenever um, people are depressed about something, like you still think it's a, you're letting, you're letting this affect you too much or da 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 da. When I hear people criticize like millennials screaming for like stuff like free edu- like free higher education, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel people just say like, oh, here go these entitled ass kids who just want to go to school for free, like nothing's free, whatever, whatever. I feel like they completely dismiss the fact that that whole outcry stems from millennials being unnecessarily thousands and thousands in debt because of student loans. Because instead of, you know, making school cheaper, uh, the government came in and said, like, we can give you a loan to go to school with. And so the schools, which are private institutions, as a result, were like, oh, well, we can just ante up the price since y'all got free money now. We can <laughs> ante the price. So, like, they it's made, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don said somebody um, red-pilled me. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, <clears throat> like, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think millennials wanting free schooling is a little bit, it's a little much. But it does need to be cheaper. I think it'd be much, much fucking cheaper. But like, do you hear the the what's underneath that outcry though? Like, do you hear like and understand that it needs to be cheaper? Like, do you see what's underneath that? Or like, when we say free healthcare, like, do you hear what's underneath that and how broken our healthcare system currently is and why that would be the first? No, I get the healthcare. I get the healthcare. Mm. Education. I mean, hey, you gotta pay. Like, you gotta pay. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't fully disagree with that. Now, free, like, I mean, better uh, health care, that should be a universal right. Mm. <clears throat> um, I don't know about necessarily free, but much better health care. Because, I mean, these things do cost, like, you know what I mean? But even even up under that, it's a feeling of, like, helplessness. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And you look at the housing situation. Like, <laughs> bro, bro, when I went to the... Bruh, what? hospital last couple weeks. <laughs> Bruh, so 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 the doctor tell me right. I go to my regular doctor. She's yeah. like, "Hey, um, looking at your chest, your chest X-rays. Uh, we can't determine if it's COVID or if it's pneumonia because they look very similar on the uh, X-ray, and there's no test for pneumonia. So we already tested you for COVID last week, and with the condition it looks like." Whatever it is, you need to be hospitalized. Uh-huh. You didn't give me no antibiotic. <laughs> <laughs> bruh. I was in the hospital for five days. I know it was, bro. I know you was in there like, get me bruh. out. <laughs> bro, I was bro, I was I was literally letting them shoot me with everything so I could get out of there quicker. <laughs> I said, bro, I said to myself, I wonder if Will is still well enough to be as cheap as he still is. Like <laughs> bruh. When, bro, I looked at my bill today. $44,987. Yeah, four, you said 4000 right? Forty-four. $404? You got that? <laughs> no, man. Four, four, comma, nine, eight, seven. Bro. Guys, bro, what the? Bro. And that's what insurance. That's what insurance. No, no, no. I mean, the insurance got to take care. Oh, no. That's the full bill. Their, their insurance is going to do something because I'm not paying that much. I don't care what they tell me. You can get this five dollars a month for the rest of my life. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, Terrence said, if you would have went sooner, yeah, you should have went to doctor sooner. You should have stopped playing around. But like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why people don't go to the doctor, bro. Like, that's why people will walk around with a damn hurt ass tooth or a fucking like cyst or some shit. Bro, the, bro, like, the doctor by itself is expensive enough. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, it just should not be that way. And then, we, even if you, so black people got to deal with trust issues. We're going to the doctor anyway. Like, we talk about the mortality rates for like black women during, you know, childbirth. Oh, yeah, them shit's trash. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a whole system out here. So that's why I'm back and forth on this, like, destroy the system. But ah, the system's all right. We just got to fix it. Like, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll be going, I'll be going back and forth. No, Terrence said no Christmas presents from Will this year. You better, you better find, you better figure something out. I want oh, man, they, they gonna get this little change every month, faithfully. 
So, I mean, how do you think we correct? Like, do you think we can have a build a society where we can be real about mental health without making people feel like you said, like it is hard to know when I saw my friend post that status of like how she was feeling. Like I didn't, I didn't say anything because I did not want to do that thing where I just shower her compliments and stuff. <clears throat> but I also knew I didn't have the capacity to be there, like how she seemed like she needed to be. So I was like, I don't know, man. It's a tough space to navigate. I don't have the answer. I wish I did, but mm -hmm. I think like maybe like as crazy as it sounds, I think like more programs that depict people with depression and still like surviving and existing and thriving. Yeah. I think that would do a lot. You know what I mean? Right. Um I th I think uh what was that? What was that show with uh the Carmichael show? Mm. I think somebody on there had depression or they spoke about it. You know what I mean? And it seemed to it didn't seem to like demonize how they were feeling or you know it didn't become a pity party on the show. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I think stuff like that, like programming or outlets that show these people not necessarily super sad all the time. You know what I mean? I think we... social media just need to be realer about. Man, okay. Wait on that shit. That's I think that's actually the key is to stay away from social media a lot more and have more real conversations because if you yeah, the thing about social media is, man, if you if you're on there, if you're like scrolling, like you, like even subconsciously, you're measuring yourself against like other people, That's other people's point. posts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I could I could definitely agree with that one. And people are literally putting whatever they want on social media, bro. Like that's what I'm saying. Like <clears throat> I don't even fuck with Twitter like that because I feel like people can just get on there. Like when no name made her statement about you know criticizing Beyonce's movie, mm -hmm. it was like a lot of people was like, actually I'm African and I love this movie because da 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 da, and I was like, how do we know that's true, nigga? Like you might just be out here just wanting to stir the pot, like so <laughs> many people do. People literally make, you know how stupid social media is. The <laughs> the last event we had, Afrobeats and poetry was so big, we reached like I forget how many people. A slew of people with fake accounts came into the event chat talking about they wanted to sell their tickets because they couldn't, couldn't go anymore. And, I, and like, so Tamika, who my co-organizer was, shout out Tamika, she was like, hey, um, do you see like all these like white people in the, in the, at the event trying to sell tickets? I was like, yeah. She's like, I mean, every, the event's open to everybody, but like, this ain't they shit. Like, why would they be buying this many tickets to an Afrobeat support event? I was like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe they want to try something out. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Motherfuckers right. making fake accounts to sell fake tickets and trying to scam people out of their money, bro. Like, over These some tickets damn... couldn't have been that expensive to be worth. Give me fucking seven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Who's out here hustling seven dollars at a time? Seven dollars. And somebody had uh, came in a group. I found out because a woman had mentioned she was like, "Don't buy tickets from this person because I said." Cash out them fifteen dollars and I never got my tickets. I was like, "Nigga, wow. you need money that bad? You had to come and sell the shit and make some fake." So that just tells me everything I need to know, man. Like, take a break from this shit. Have some real dialogue. That's the wildest shit ever. <laughs> it was so many of them. Seven ticket. You out there scamming for seven dollar tickets? Oh, I need something to eat. Let me get on Afrobeat <laughs> poetry and sell some fake ass tickets. Get on the social media shit. Because it does psych like do you psychologically like even if you try not to like I do mitigation in terms of before twelve o'clock I don't even touch social media unless I'm like super intentional about it before and noon I'm, like before yeah. noon yeah before noon you feel like it just fucked up your day it was just no what it was it was telling me how I felt about my day before my day actually got started like it was like if I if I scrolled and saw a bunch of happy shit then I just decided I was happy which is cool. But if I just saw a bunch of like, you know, angry comments and shit, like criticisms, mm. I felt like critical of everything around me for the rest of that day. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if I saw some sad shit, like I'll be thinking about sadness all the rest of the day. So it just gives you time to just collect your thoughts. Like I said, if you wake up and you just turn that phone on and look at it, that's the first thing you look at, all these voices, all these opinions of just telling you how your day is before it even starts, right? Yeah. And that's why I have to tell myself when I see somebody just angry on the internet for seemingly no reason. It's like, nigga, what happened? <laughs> it's like, 
sometimes that's what it is. So Don said a personal phone conversation or non-romantic meeting to let people express themselves and give them loving advice can change everyone's entire life, someone's entire life. TV and media is not the only way to influence people. I definitely agree with that. Michelle said we need a big ass co-op. Um, oh, coop. I'm sorry. She need a big ass coop to happen. I would that. Yeah, find just different communities. Like, mm-hmm. like we say, the black community. It's not a black community. It's black communities. You will find people who can relate to you and talk to you about these things. Um, just seek them out. Seek help. Seek therapy. Go to therapy. Go to therapy. Go to therapy. <laughs> like, I am the biggest advocate for therapy. Will knows that. If you can afford it, if not, there's I think there's programs for certain jobs, so you can go to therapy for free actually. Um, however, way you can figure it out. If you need a therapist, let me know. I can refer you to one. I can see you remotely. Just DM me. But therapy is the best thing you can do. Um, if you believe in God, pray. Yes, for sure. Um, but yeah, man, just just seek the help that you need. So just know there's a way out for sure. So, for sure. Any more, got any more thoughts on that? No, nah, man. Cool, man. That's it. This show blazed by. <laughs> right. I'm glad you're back, man. I'm glad you're alive. I'm glad you're breathing well now. Still got a little tickle in my throat, but we're working it out. Oh, shit. Oh, we got to end the live. I ain't trying to catch this shit on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Will's like, Will's out of commission, yo. Like, <laughs> Bro, I was in the hospital for five days. Like, I was sick, sick. <laughs> this man was super sick. He was praying for you. I'm glad you made it through. Um... I saved your thirst of the week if you want to do her now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um, you want to do it? Yeah. I'm just waiting on the cue. The cue. All right, there we go. So, this week's thirst of the week is a personal friend of many years. Uh, this is Miss Tamara Brown. She is an amazing personal trainer yeah. based here out of Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, <clears throat> you can... Find her uh, on Instagram at Tamara D. Brown. Uh, her business is Tam B. Fitness. Uh, what is the... She does uh, online training for these COVID times. She also does uh, in-studio training. She has boot camp programs. Uh, what is the thing she does every week? I can't remember what it's called, but... Oh, um, hmm? You fucking up. I know, right? Um, she's a health and wellness educator. Um, NASM certified personal trainer and corrective... Uh, exercise specialist, personal nutrition coach, and founder and CEO of TMB Fitness. Um, you can definitely check her out online. Just go to her profile. She has many different programs that you can sign up for. Uh, TMB Fitness, not your average trainer.com. Uh, now accepting new personal and group training clients. Uh, all her information is right on her website and on her uh, Instagram. So, and it is it is women specific. Let me let me make that clear. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I ain't think you big burly niggas was gonna be out here trying to go. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Uh, check her out. Um, she's been I, I've heard her shouted out on the radio before. Um, on Hot One Three Point Nine for her uh, for her classes and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, check her out. She's real dope. And look at the muscles. Listen, get the shit done. She'll knock your ass out. She got mad attitude too. Like Tam has been down with the, the podcast squad for years now. Dang, since damn Sam's Club days. Yeah, really. I forgot how long that has been now. But Bro, too long. It's way too long. <laughs> Sam was extremely dope people though. Very loving individual. Um, very like passionate. If you as you can see in these videos, I wish y'all could hear her. Like, very, very passionate about what she does. And I remember the day she first started this thing. And she has never turned back since. Like she's been on a roll. Um, had a whole baby in the process, didn't she? Like, didn't she have a baby along this journey? Yeah, she did. And it came right back in the game. It was like, I'm still working out. <laughs> so yeah, man, she's amazing. Yeah, man. Any final thoughts? Hey man, I'm just glad to be back. Glad to be healthy. <laughs> working on eating less sugar. It's a struggle. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Just... Get my body right. It's so good. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's good. Man, we happy to have you back. Uh, Tyomi said we got to do the show again with her, um, with you on it. Did you miss that? Oh out? yeah, I, I would love that. Yeah, I like how you still came in the chat. You know, you I know, know, right? I wasn't gonna miss it. We appreciate it. We appreciate y'all tuning in, man. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. This has been another episode of Culture of Ignorance. We'll see y'all two weeks from now. Peace.
Good night.